Welcome back. It's your favorite sorcerers of madness, your internet buddies, Eddie and Matt, on the No Class Podcast. Hey folks, uh, we're going to start this one off serious and show we actually do have a little class sometimes, so I'll turn it over to you, Matt. And um, anybody that's on Facebook probably saw the post that, you know, that Eddie so eloquently uh, put out there that uh, uh, a, a longtime friend of mine and a friend of the con, Bobby Howell, um, has passed recently. Um, he's had some health issues for a while, but he that guy was tough as nails, but it, it finally caught up with him. Um, but, you know, there's a lot of times we talk about, you know, if, if you appreciate that we do a con, there's people that, that you could appreciate. Well, one of those people is Bobby, because when Eddie was like, you think we could do a con? I'm like, well, I used to kind of help put one on. And really, it was Tad and Bobby that did um, BroCon. But like that last year, I was involved a bit more, and I learned about the nuts and bolts of a con. But those guys put on a phenomenal con and made it look uh, easy. As Bobby has great resource management, you know, great at organizing things. Um, he was just a real tough guy. Uh, anyway, we, we hate that he's gone. He's going to be missed. You know, another empty seat at the, the gaming table. But... We're going to roll some dice in his honor, and uh, we appreciate him supporting us and coming out for Red River mm-hmm. you know, and sharing his knowledge. Yeah. yeah, I didn't know him very well at all, but he was always a supporter of the cons and of the gaming scene, so mm-hmm. appreciate that. And thoughts and prayers are out to his family and friends. Yeah, yeah definitely. He had a beloved daughter, which I'm sure she's got to be grieving right now, but anyway. God bless them all. All right. So now we try and change topics here and yeah, get on we, to something. Now a, that we brought the room down. A little bit lighter. Here's something that I don't think that you know yet. We've kind of discussed it, but with this podcast, most likely we will go over the 1,000 listens. You're pulling my mark. leg. I am not. I'm not fooling. So you just sit and play these things over and over? Uh, that's what I do. <laughs> Save some more of those fake laughs for you. <laughs> Actually, I was mentioning this to Matt the other day. I can't remember how many listens we had. You said like eight or 900 then, I thought. And uh, my wife said, that's not just you guys. And it's like, no, trust us, we couldn't do a thousand listens. Mm-mm. I can barely stand to listen to them. You know. And we were talking about that. It's like back in the day, yeah, we would listen. We would at least go back and listen to the podcast mm-hmm. and see how we sounded if we... Came off as big idiots or just regular idiots. Yeah, regular idiots. Yeah. But now these, we're, <laughs> you get these occasionally, probably like today, where we haven't even listened back to it for editing. Yeah, I love when you like you were like the other day the one that you said in in quotation marks like, eh, we didn't edit it, we didn't do anything. I'm just posting it, you know. But the secret of that is, we record these on the same day that we put them out, mm-hmm. and it's right before we do our club the nameless in Longview mm-hmm. before we do those games. So I don't really have time. No. This one, what is it? It's two o'clock right now as we record this. I got to be out of here by about five so I can be up there by six. Yeah. And I have to go get my game bag and all that. I thought about that. I'm like, why don't I bring my game bag with me? But anyway, but yeah, you know, talking about, um, yeah, definitely for sure. You have no idea what we're talking about. You just completely lost. You had a senior moment there. We were talking about this is 1,000 <laughs> Yeah. This one will put us yeah. probably over 1,000. By the time we talk to you again, it'll probably, with our 22 episodes, we'll have had 1,000 
listens. And dear listener, we can't thank you enough. I am astonished and amazed and honored that you would listen to our incoherent ramblings. Yeah, God bless you. Yeah. Only you could do this. May all your roles be 20s. If only we could add that in as our tagline that listening to this podcast automatically increased. Hey, why can't we? Why can't we? Who's going who's gonna to sue us? Who's going to keep tracks of that? Yeah. Robert. Robert. By the way, I ran to Robert the other day. Well, I don't come to you with my problems. I know, I know. God bless. God bless. So, yeah. He disparaged. There was some uh, elder abuse. It was terrible. Anyway. Good. Yeah. I agree with that then. <laughs> he broke my up. Anyway. Well, some other news that we've got this week is NTRPG has some extra special special guests. What? At least one extra special special guest. Not that I would give that a chance to go by unremarked. I just looked at it a minute ago. As just did in I. case. <laughs> just in case because I wanted to get it on the podcast to yeah. make it accurate as possible. Yeah. I was hoping that we could announce this on the podcast and it would be completely official. But anyway. But I am officially a special guest yeah. for this year's NTRPG. Thanks, Doug. Yeah. <laughs> you can keep thanking him all you want, yeah. but he's not going to hear this. I know. <laughs> So I could pretty much say whatever I wanted to right about now, but anyway, yeah. But we both received an email asking us if we would be special guests. We both replied, but <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Well, yeah. now you know where you rate. Yeah, yeah. Dear listener, in case you didn't know, Eddie gains intense schadenfreude from any minor slight that I might oh. receive in life, you know. More than that. Yeah. I collect all these little tears in a vial and drink them down. <laughs> But I guess we could say. I wanted to ask, how much did you bribe Doug to not list me in the the list? It's yeah. probably because I remember when people have uh, you know major surgeries and such. But yeah, I don't know. yeah, I know. You Good are, friends. You are a sweetheart. Yeah, because you were there holding my hand at my bedside when I had my surgery. <laughs> okay, if you're thinking about the surgery, I'm thinking about. <laughs> Is that the one? Yeah, the only surgery I've had in recent years. <laughs> if he had been there, he'd have been taking pictures and putting them on the internet. <laughs> yeah, it would have been quite interesting. Frighten school children and nuns and whatnot. Anyway, well, I yeah, let me go ahead. I was, I've been thinking about this too since we talked about Bobby, and mm-hmm. and I just recently had the little surgery that if you're on my Facebook, you saw some of the details of. Mm-hmm. If you're having any problems, your mystery problems with your health. Mm-hmm. Go get it checked out. Yeah, take this as your wake up call. Mm-hmm. Everybody needs one. Take a moment. Your health. Do that thing that you're supposed to do. If you're a diabetic and you should stop smoking, yeah, think about it. You yeah. don't got to do it. I'm not. We're not here to preach to you. No, we don't sound preachy, but but I, we ain't getting no younger. I asked Bobby way back. You know, it's hard to believe it's been 15 years since the LG days, but he got diagnosed with diabetes and i said bobby man please quit smoking you're gonna lose extremities you're gonna go blind and as he eats a snicker bar he chuckled and smoked his cigarette and said you know and bobby was an individual he did what he wanted but you know i mean i would love to have enjoyed him for a few more years but he lived the life he wanted to live you know which we all do but i mean if there's something that you need you're concerned with or you need to get taken care of take this moment that you're in Net buddies are stepping out and saying, hey, yeah. get that taken care of. All right. We, we don't want another empty seat at the gaming table. Yeah. All right. All right. Compassionate moment is over with. Have that crap. Uh, yeah. Let's get back to shameless 
self-promotion. I'm shameless. Long Con Spring is right around the corner. What? Badges are still available. We have not sold out yet. That's hard to believe. It is. So we're still wondering if the board game folks are going to find this or not. I think the board game people are going to just show up at the last minute. That's I'm seriously, that's where I'm at right now. But we've sold enough badges right now, pretty much, that we're at a long con one status. We've gone mm-hmm. past Red River. Yeah. Well, so, I mean, that's... not a big brag. <laughs> it kind of is. <laughs> if you look at the population, I mean, yeah. it, that's a small hurdle to jump over. Yeah. But it is kind of impressive that this first time... In spring. Second dip in Longview Con mm-hmm. is doing better than the one in Shreveport Bossier. But that's such a unique animal over there. We've talked about. Don't get me wrong. I, I grew up over there, and I'm not disparaging Shreveport Bossier. I am. But anyway, um, but it's just that's even more brag worthy that that Brocon, the con that Ted and Bobby did over Shreveport Bossier, it used to have big numbers. I mean, yeah, but talking, it had a draw, a built-in draw. Yeah, that was in the. I don't want to take that away, but yeah, I mean, LG had its own built-in draw. Well, they, they ran a, a big, successful convention, so oh, I th- take nothing away from them, yeah. but it's kind of like if we had something like Adventures League is not that big, I just or at least it's not that big around here where it's people, a draw. People aren't as passionate about Adventures League as they were about LG. LG had this, I don't know, lightning in a bottle, I don't know what it was, but it was different, and it's a shame that they, they moved away from the things that made it cool, but that's a whole other podcast. Yep. All right, let's talk about, I got no new board games because, like I said, I've been on the injured list for a little bit, but yeah. I've got to check out uh, Planet. Oh, I've got Dead Panic now. I think you're going to be interested in oh, that. Oh, yeah, that sounds really cool. Well, Hell Panic Castle sounds cool, so. Yeah, I got the nice big set of that, too, so. Ooh, la, la. With all the expansion, so. If I, I can't give, I can't speak highly enough of that yeah. one. Go ahead. Well, in, in talking about games, there's a game I bought a while back called Chameleon that sounded really neat. Come, come, come. And I finally read the rules, and it's it's one of those games that looks... It's not. Yeah, no, no. It's actually really simple to probably grasp, but yet it's got, like, layers where I could see, you know, and strategies you could use within the game. Um, so I busted it out last Thursday when you weren't there, and everybody mm-hmm. just kind of gave me... I, you're deer in the headlights, so I'm like, okay, never mind. I put it back away, but we'll have to try it out sometime. I think it'll be fun. Speaking of last Thursday, this is going to lead into our main topic, so I'm a little hesitant to drop this on you. Okay. For uh, our this is Club Thursday. Next Thursday is Savage Worlds. Uh, Fallout. Fallout, whatever you want to say, at Matt's place. Mm-hmm. What I was thinking about is I have not put my character together for a long time. Mm-hmm. As we kind of had these basic framework characters, kind of like. This is basically how it works, but they're not very customized or not min-max. That's not the word I want to use, but just refined. kind of improved, refined. Yeah, that's a good good word for it. Yeah. Finally, through all these medical appointments, I've been using that time to make my character, mm-hmm. to get it finalized out, really think about what edges he should have, mm-hmm. what hindrances he should have, and really think about that character and build a backstory. Yeah. But isn't that neat that you were playing the character first and now it made it easier to develop uh, edges and hindrances for it based on how you played it. Right. When you put some actual character into your character, it's easier to do that sort of thing. So now that I have built this character, put a little bit more time and energy into it, do you know what that means? It's going to die the next time we play. It's done. I am revealing this to you right now if we have to edit it out. 
we can because he's so shocked and starts cursing. But our Fallout Savage Worlds is back on hold. Why are you knowing about this before I do? They told me to tell everyone. Who's so they? we won't get into that. Who's they? The voices? The GM. Okay. Well, you think he would not <laughs> to me first. It's my So we'll see. <laughs> we'll see if we need to edit this out. Yeah, I'm starting to feel like a poor cousin around here lately. Okay. Anyway. Yeah, yeah I don't. Yeah. Oh, well. <sighs> I was just thinking about, I was going to, I swear I was just earlier thinking about, you know, uh, we talked about like new game masters. And some struggle and, and, and plot along, and then some like Caesar, he's just a natural. But I think it's like anything you do, if you love what you do, it comes across in your efforts. I think he genuinely loves game mastering and loves games. And he's, even though he's, a, I won't say novice, but a relatively new game master, he's phenomenal. So I'm all the more heartbroken that we're not going to be playing anymore. But, but, but oh this well. is the second time, I think, that we've had to put this on hold. And yeah. the last time it was... Man, I'm just full of vocabulary today. The last time it was a uh, life problems, occurrences, whatever that we had to put it on hold. It was a false alarm. Well, it was because that was what was so funny was I had put the word in the street and listened to everybody whinge and whine and carry on and other people get their hopes up. And then, <laughs> but then again, I always respect someone that the second you know something like this, let people know. Mm-hmm. And so I, I can't be mad that it's, instead of him like, well, let me wait and see if this will this problem will straighten out. He's like, well, no, let me let people know so they can plan now accordingly. No, which I respect. I'm disappointed, but I respect that he let us know quick. Well, let someone know quickly. And anyway. But I always say the more backstory that I put into a character, the more thought and consideration I put into a character is the less it will be played. Yeah, which is a shame. It doesn't necessarily mean that that character is going to turn around and die the next day, but it w- does mean that the GM is going to be like, you know, guys, I was thinking about this campaign and it's not for me yeah. or somebody's going to move or something's going to happen. It's like, what was the character in Cthulhu that you'd put all this flavor into and he sounded like this, this great, funny, fun to play character. And y'all never played again after that. What was like Shorty McClure or something, whatever his name yeah. was. Yeah. It's basically a little mini me running around. Yeah. Giving people the finger. That's too funny. Um, but anyway. So that kind of kind of leads us into today's topic, which is, was the old school deadlier? Yes. The end. Thanks for coming out to the podcast, yeah. folks. We'll see you next time Take when our topic will be, is water wet? <laughs> so it's like, to expound upon that, yeah, it was, I think, inherently more dangerous, but... You've proven, if anybody, that you can kill, you can TPK a party in, in 5e. Anywhere at any time. Yeah, I mean, any game can, you know, you can do things to make it more or less lethal. But I think rules as written, the old school stuff was more lethal. But that's where, for the GM that didn't want to be a tool bag or whatever you want to say, would find, that's where a lot of the house rules actually, I think, grew out of that was like, let me take, take the edge off or flesh this out. Because I think like rules is written in the first couple editions of D&D, you're, like, you're live, you're kicking, you're down to one hit point, you're still swinging for the fences. Zero, you're unconscious. Negative one, you're dead. It's like, wait, what? And mm-hmm. so that's like it became, it was a house rule, I think, first, where you could go so far into the negatives. Yeah, one of the things I should point out is we did not pull out our old PHBs and DMGs so for this. So if I'm misquoting. So yeah, so there's going to be some misquotes. Yeah, but, um, but then for those game masters that were malicious... Uh, you know, uh, 
then yeah, they probably reveled in the, the lethality of the early days. Um, cause you've, you've all heard the horror stories about the GM that just, you know, rubbed their hands together and cackled as they killed everybody left and right. Um, you know, like maybe someone's dad was kind of malicious, it sounds like, or got a certain degree of pleasure out of torturing his players. Or so it sounds the stories that I've told. Maybe there's been some Well, I will say, as a GM, some of these deaths are not on the GM. They're more of an assisted suicide. Yeah. Well, it's, you know, like Gygax and Ward uh, always said, oh, I don't kill characters. Players kill characters with dumb decisions. I and, kill players. Yeah, and there's something to that. Um, But I can remember, you know, Gary... We walked a line kind of because he he killed the crap out of my early characters, but it wasn't so blatant and and uh, heinous that I just said, forget this. I'm not playing this stupid game. And thank goodness I didn't. All right. Let me cut in on that. Sure. Because one of the reasons that, or what are the reasons that it was more lethal? And one of the things I thought about was that encounter balance and game balance wasn't that big a thing. Yeah. And yeah. people really didn't take that into consideration yeah. because it was like, okay, there's a red dragon there. You're first level. You can fight it or you can run. If you fight it, I'm not going to feel bad for you. Right. Well, And that's where this goes back to, it, are you the jerk jam or not? If it's like the dragon swoops down and lands, they're first level characters. You know it's going to kill them. But if you're like, you're around the corner and there's a dragon and it kind of talks smack. It's like, come and kneel and bow before me. Give me everything you've got. And players go, forget you, Mr. Dragon. Okay, you're going to die. But you gave him an option. You're not or even the, like, you sneak around the corner and you see the giant is moving around, but he hasn't spotted you yet. What do you want to do? That is your out. That's the GM saying, you can be an yeah. idiot and attack, or you can leave. This is on you. But I'm glad... I, I missed that kind of a certain degree. and because it's like not every, everything should be balanced. I was running a, 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 a popular campaign where the characters got up around second, third level, and they were feeling, you know, kind of, ooh, you know, kind of full of piss and vinegar. And they're wandering through the countryside, and then I had like, oh, there's a hill giant. But it's like they could hear its thunderous footsteps, and they had ample time to hide and look and see. And here comes the giant, and they were like, let's attack it, woohoo! And just at that point, they were like, this is D&D. That's walking experience points. And they thought, mm-hmm. Matt wouldn't throw something at us we can't fight. It destroyed them. It annihilated them, you know. Um, and they were just like, what? And I'm like, you don't necessarily want to fight every damn thing that you see in D&D. Sometimes you need to run away or hide or maybe try to talk, diplomacy, you know, kiss ass, whatever. But, yeah, I mean, so I, I taught them a hard lesson, but they kept playing. I mean, they weren't like, I'm out, you know. All right, let me ask you this. Which version of D&D, of all the editions, which one do you think is the most lethal? I almost want to say 3.5. Really? Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Okay. Elaborate on that. Well, I mean, just, well, I don't know. I, well, okay, this comes from personal experience. Oh, uh, yeah, well, yeah, you're going to be biased because of all this living forgotten, or living Greyhawk stuff. Well, and I mean, in that one, you really wanted your character to live, and people mm-hmm. walked a line, you know, and so when a character did die, you were like, ugh, you know, um... But it, it could be like in the early days playing first and second edition, I wasn't out to kill anybody's character. And most players played pretty cautiously. And I played with, I was uh, fortunate enough to play with some very talented players because we've talked at length about 
uh, you know, know your role and make sure you have the, the arch archetypes in place and these people are playing to their class, you know. And, we, and when you have that and you're kind of spoiled, you know, and you might play months and months and months and months and not see a character death, you know, um, in, in the early editions. But that comes back to was it the rule was written or was it the GMs were trying to kind of soft pedal and, you know, trying to avoid, I don't know, whatever. But in LG, that's like I said, we rolled out in front of the, in front of the screen and, you know, the chips fell where they may. And with that in mind, without that kind of, well, let me pull back on that roll or Oop, I rolled another crit. I'm going to kill these, this poor character. It's not his fault. Mm-mm. In LG, we rolled out in front of the screen, you know, and wheel or woe. I mean, that's, you know, and yeah, we saw quite a few deaths. So that actually ties back to last time's podcast. So was it more lethal because you weren't rolling behind a screen? I'd, I'd like to, I think that if I had to point one thing particularly, then that's not really mechanically that it was 3.5, yeah, right? Yeah. You make a good point there, but I, I even gave the caveat said from personal experience, not so much, maybe it's the system. Um, because 3.5 had some things in place. Like they encoded like the negative, you could go to negative 10 and right. Whereas and that wasn't a rule in the, yeah. Earlier editions. You, right. Once you die, you, zero hit points is death. I'm just at negative one. I don't care if you're at negative one or negative ten. You're dead. You know, ugh. Where's the threshold for unconsciousness? Being exactly at zero. You know, like, oh. <laughs> anyway. Um, but, you know, it's like, like we said, you know, people say DCC is a really lethal system. I ran a lengthy campaign and nobody died. Um, oh, yeah. There was some good play. There were some lucky dice rolls. Some um, soft jamming. Maybe. But see, you, that's what we're talking about. I pull back a little bit. On the other hand, you're running 5e, which I said, 5e is candy land, and you TPK us. But this, then again, this was a janky adventure where the only way to win it is to not play it. My favorite. <laughs> Basically, just turn around and walk away, and that's how you win. It's not kind of anticlimactic, but... Oh, Role-playing games are really just a mean trick you play on your friends. <laughs> Which that's segueing back to, like I said, in the early days of D and D, Gary killed the crap out of my characters, but he taught me. And we me, loved it. No, and I, I luckily it didn't deter me. I didn't run away. But it, it taught me to be a, a. I'd like to think I up my game because Gary was such a uh, sadist. <laughs> Should fifth edition be more deadly? I don't know because you hear stories about people that get up and walk away and never come back. And part of me wants to go, well, don't be such a boo-boo angel. But at the same time, it's like, I don't know. Um, maybe that's, that's in place to protect from those sadistic GMs. I mean, through the years, you know, going to cons and places, I've met all kinds of people and playing at different game shops. And there are some sadistic GMs, but I find as a general rule, players suss that out. And, right. they go, and they go, screw this guy. And when somebody else at the table goes, you know, I'd love to run. And then all of a sudden, you, the problem's fixed. Here's someone who's not a, a you know, jerk face jerk. Yeah. All right. Which version of D&D do you think is the least lethal? Which one do you have the best chance of surviving? Well, I'm, I'm going to say fifth. I'm uh, going to say fourth. And, you know, but funny, as I did, you notice I kind of hesitated for a second. It's uh-huh. like, yeah, may, maybe fourth. But I mean, both had this. But fifth took the dynamic from fourth. I love for everybody that wants to malign fourth edition. There's things you love about fifth. Like if you love the three death saves, that came from fourth edition, baby. You know. Uh, but see, even fourth had a deal where what if you rolled a natural twenty, you popped up with what one fourth of your hit points. Whereas now you just if you roll a twenty, if that's your first roll, what is you have one hit point or something? Like you're conscious. Mm-hmm. 
which is nowhere near popping up with one fourth of your hit points. But but you know yeah no actually probably right fourth. Mm-hmm. But it's like was there a at was there a, a bonus action yes. heal in fourth? Well, I was thinking of what is it your healing surge where you anybody could burn it with a second wind instead of just have the fighter having that ability. Yeah, anybody could take a knee. So you had on so you had at least some. On demand healing for yourself, and you had a lot of different classes that you had, like the warlord could heal, and the bard could heal, and the cleric could heal. You Which know. is going to bring me to another one of my points. Yeah. So, for my most lethal, I'm going to cheat and say zero to two, because they're pretty much the same thing. They're just right. refinements of the same rule. We talked about earlier. Those are just those took the mechanics and refined them over time. Now, why is it so difficult? Because for one thing, there's not as much healing. Yeah. Think about, uh, I think, zero first and second, who had the heal spells? Clerics. Period. Period. Then you get to three. Clerics, rangers, paladins, druids, and bards can heal. Yeah. You get to fifth. I'm not even going to give you the rundown because yeah. there's way too many of them. It was basically anybody in that leader type of class. Yeah. So you had more opportunities to get healed is what I'm saying. Sure. You had opportunities. Yeah. You still had to have somebody that was playing the healer give you a heal. Yeah. You know, playing to the role of the class. But, which, as we learned, is somebody of a unicorn. (laughs) But anyway. But yeah. No, I mean, like I said, there's, you know, there's, but you have more bells and whistles now. Right. So... Through zero to two, you didn't have any healing unless you had a cleric. And, and then third, they added a lot more classes in. Four, they added even more classes in. Plus, mm-hmm. you get a heal on yourself. Yeah. You can just take a knee and say, I'm going to burn that second wind. Mm-hmm. Then in fifth, you've kind of got that. Mm-hmm. If you're a warrior, I think you still get the oh, yeah, absolutely wind, no. healing yeah. or the second wind. Yeah, second wind. But in fifth, you got your hit dice that you can use. Yeah, post combat, you mm-hmm. can you can. We'll take a short rest. I'm going to burn hit dice. Which, no, I mean, I, I think they they uh, they took some great ideas that came out in fourth. Overall, fourth was kind of was a stinker, but there were some really neat concepts that came out of fourth, and they took those and refined them. And um, yeah, I'll, you know. And I'll say in fourth, it seemed like there were a lot more healing items that you could take. Well, and that very much. In our rearview mirror, we see that because we had to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, our party's healer, um, he picked like the worst healing class ever. And so we chose, and the fourth had an, had an interesting thing where you kind of gave the GM your wish list. Yep. And our wish list had a lot of healing items on it to make up for our healer's deficiencies as a healer. So that's kind of another thing that in fourth edition, you might have your, what was your banner of healing or whatever, the full little flag that you'd plant? Yep. I used to put down my banner of healing and we all only had to stay within what, 30 feet of it. Well, Mm -hmm. you're ticking away. You're getting one hit point back per round. And at first you go, that's kind of crappy. But no, if, um, especially when you had like, somebody goes down in the party, you'd be like, oh crap, I hope they make their healing save or the monster didn't come up and hit them or some area effect blast. Comes back to players round that put that banner down. Tick, y'all get back one hit point. Oop, I'm back on my feet. Let me chug my healing potion real quick or something. You know. Oh. Which, you walked into another one of my points right here, my good friend. Mm. I think 
in zero through second, when you were down, you were down to stay a lot more than you are in fifth. If you, I think if you went and looked at how many times you go down, somebody gets knocked out, unconscious, Mm -hmm. just out of the fight, you may get put on your butt more in fifth than you did in the previous versions. Oh, absolutely. Just because in fifth, you're going to get back up. Yeah. You, you have, you know, the Paladin grants a couple points of lay on hands or the life cleric does an area effect heal or blah, blah, blah. I mean, yeah, there's, it's almost like a modern medicine and modern warfare. Yeah. Like if you got shot in the civil war, even if it wasn't fatal, you're going to get some disease and die. You're not getting back up. Once you get down, you're not getting back up. Yeah. Which is, that's kind of, the first edition sort of thing. Yeah. It's like, oh, if you go down, you're down. Don't you're you're going to stay down, and yeah. then that dominoes. Now, um, I remember uh, three point five had some annoying mechanics, and there was this like thirty foot tall giant demon thing that had chains or something that's whipping around, and so they had that situation where to get to the creature, oh well, you've come into his outer threat range, he gets an opportunity attack. Oh, now you broke his secondary threat range, you'll get a second attack. You're finally adjacent to him, well, he gets one more attack on the way in. Well, he's hit you three times, good luck with that. So I can remember like the big one-hit warrior run, charges in and gets those three hits, gets the thing, gets the one big hit and knocks the poop out of it. But well, then it comes back around, I think, it's turned again, and it pop puts him down. So he's over here like, hey, guys, you know, because in 3.5, your hit points are ticking away one at a time. And he, I don't remember, he's like negative seven. So he's like, y'all got three rounds to get to me. So I look over at the cleric, and he's like, screw that, because mm-hmm. he knows he's going to get beat to crap getting to him. So it's ironically enough, I had a, uh, I had a character that was not nearly as good a healer, but he had tumbling <laughs> So I was able to tumble in there and not draw those apps, lay on hands and go, all right, you're on your own and tumble back out. Like, yeah, I'm not staying over here near this thing. You know? I'm coming in, I'm stabilizing you and I'm getting out. Exactly. Yeah. But, um, anyway, so it's, I, I made always these kind of peculiar, like my tumbling healing bard or I had a the- mystic theurge. It's a wizard cleric. I would teleport in as a wizard and lay on hands and then teleport back out. Uh, or I'd use my familiar to deliver heals. So it was quirky. I mean, I wasn't as good a healer as the traditional healer, but I could do things the traditional healers couldn't do. Well, yeah. basically, you're as effective at one hit point as you are as at max hit points. So Yeah, that's that's one thing about doing that I'm not always agreed with. But then again, it depends on how you mechanically define hit points. And that's a whole other podcast, but it was Tim Cask or somebody that talked about the dynamic of hit points is like that's you being evading and whittling and luck and experience and present. And it's finally, when you finally go down, that was when you got that telling blow. Mm-hmm. You really weren't taking damage until that last, you've used up all your fortune and glory and grit or whatever, evading being hit per se or whatever. I don't know if I totally agree with that, but there's something that's, that could be a whole other podcast. Well, we'll get to it folks. Yeah. We'll do them all. Oh, here's one for your uh, gaming historian. When did Save or Die fall out of fashion? It was definitely in 2nd edition. Was it in 3rd edition? I don't remember 3rd having that. There you go. There's another big factor. Yeah. No, and the one thing, I kind of miss that. I mean, back in the oh, yeah. day, if you're going through a dungeon all of a sudden, that spider drops down from the ceiling, we are going like, oh, crap. Because if he's big enough... Or if they describe, like, it looks like a, a black widow the size of a poodle. He ain't that big, but that's really... It's a uh, lot of venom. A lot of virulent venom. It's like, this could be one of those poison saves where it's 
save or die. So you were like, oh, crap. I mean, you're clenching. Now he's like, oh, it's your spider. Yeah, no big deal. It's going to give me the poison condition. That's kind of annoying, but, eh, you know, I mean, but I mean, no. And even in fifth edition, being poisoned doesn't necessarily give you the poisoned condition. Yeah, even I was start. I was just thinking. I was like, you know, some things don't even give you the condition, which the condition's pretty annoying, but it's not oh, yeah. save or die. You know? Yeah, yeah. It can greatly uh, reduce your effectiveness, but mm-hmm. you're alive. Yeah. Well, and you look at like let's list so things like the old editions had save or die. They had like mummy uh, rot. A mummy touches you, you fail a given save, you can't receive any healing. And I think you would start losing like strength and dex over days until you succumb. And, and I was die. thinking other than just poison, uh, like when the slime falls on you yeah. and you've got like two rounds to get it scraped off or you just dissolve into a pool yourself, yeah, puddle a puddle yourself. Of goo. Yeah. I mean, it was it was brutal. And you, some dear listeners, you might be like, oh, that sounds terrible. But it, it's a shame that you don't have that pucker factor anymore to me. I mean, I kind of miss that. Well, when we were playing the... Uh, I can't think of the original stuff, whatever Goodman Games was calling that, the originals remastered or reimagined. Mm-hmm. That kind of changed my opinion on 5th edition, too, of its lethality, because we were playing it in an old-school way. Yeah. So, in a way, that has changed my perception of how lethal 5th is. Yeah. Well, and and because it didn't have saber dies still, yeah. but... Yeah. Well, my adventure that I need to rename, but we it's... Originally called Mansion of Madness, not knowing that there's what three other products with that same name, but um, I'd like to think it's got an old school feel to it. It certainly know. does, and anyway. it seems like something that I could kill a lot of players with. So I'm looking forward to running it. I think as a special guest, I'm going to run it in TRPG. You should do that because that's this is not another podcast, but that is something that we need to talk about. We've been really. Uh, late tardy to the party on getting our games yeah. in for NTRPG. Yeah, I'm, I'm just, I need to get some in. I'm hoping that you can help me uh, put some finishing touches on a train of consequences. Woo-woo. Yeah. All right, here's another one back to our topic. Uh, do you remember the massive damage saves? Yeah, again, that was in 3.5, and I saw some people die from just massive damage. Like, you took 75 points in one hit, you have to make a massive damage save. Now, you hoped it was your tank up there, who would do it because they had the best fortitude save. But I saw people die from massive damage. I think Which I want to say that was in second edition too. Leela, her character died of massive damage in a game I was running and I felt terrible. And I remember she got up and left the table and everybody's glaring at me like, you're a big meanie jerk. And I'm like, it's not me, it's the game, you know. But, but now, yeah. what is it? It's got to be something that takes you to double your yeah. max hit points? No, this was like if you took... Like over half your hit points in one blow. And I think second edition had one where it was like, if you take, say, 50 points of damage, yeah, there was a flat number. You could be the 20th level fighter and like, I have 1 million hit points. Well, you took 50, so make that massive damage save. And I think it was the same thing in 3.5 where like if it was over 50, you know, or something like that, yeah, it was something. Because I seem to remember... The, the warrior was like, oh, my God, I took 75 points in one hit. And we're like, oh, crap, you got to make a massive. Mm-hmm. Here's another nasty from 3.5, take for granted, that if, let's say, like a, the enemy wizard drops a fireball on the party, and when you roll your save, you rolled a nat one, you didn't just fail. 
you like crapped out the worst failure, I think there was a chance for some of your items to be destroyed. And I remember like one, that's kind of like some rules that we, we gloss over as GMs. We go, that's just that insult to injury. I can remember if the guy was at a table where the GM goes, oh, you rolled a natural one. All right, let me see your character sheet. And he starts rolling. He goes, yep, this po- potion of healing boiled up and shattered the, the vial and your cloak of coolness got burned up. And we were like, what a day. You know, I mean... The player was like, what? Let me just sunder your items while we're here. Yeah, I mean, so it's like bad enough, like, yeah, I just put you down with that fireball. Oh, and I ruined a bunch of your magic items, too. It's like, ugh. 3.5, yeah, they had the feats for sundering. No player ever took those, but certain, I mean, like, I remember one we had Death Knights one time that the, the jerk GM, he had, came up on this guy who saved and saved an LG, and it, if you don't know LG, it was a real, if you got something good, like, boy, it was a big deal. These Death Knights tried sundering his magic sword that he put like all of his character points and bennies and feats into and he was the, the sword may have had more backstory than the character <laughs> yeah and so the guy he had been gladly up in the front tanking this whole adventure all of a sudden he withdraws and says nope not on my watch he pulled out his crossbow and yeah exactly and we were all like what you gotta get up there and tank he's like uh-uh I'm not gonna have my weapon sundered but I'm thinking you know it's like that's some jerk crap you know who wrote that but anyway but yes, I mean, there's things to take for these older editions and stuff like that, you know, that even you kind of factor in like, wow, I'm glad they did away with that crap, you know. So bring it on home. Is the game more fun with more lethality? Well, like I said, there's like we just talked about the thing with 3.5, like sundering your items or things being in damage. That's not fun for anybody. Yeah, it, there you might go, well, there's a certain amount of resemblance to it. Like if someone dropped a fireball, this is a fantasy world. Mm-hmm. And so there's there's a line, you know. Like I said, I do miss some of the pucker factor of like the more the save or die poisons and stuff like that or the heinous curses. And honestly, they were all the more heinous back then. If they could technically bring that back now and have save or die because honestly, death doesn't have the teeth it used to have. Mm-hmm. You had to make a, a, a your con. You had a... a System shock save or whatever right. it was built in, where even if you're lucky enough to find the heal, the raise, and get it and pay for it, all right, make your system shock. Oh, you rolled a 99. And if you were an elf, you didn't even have the option. You weren't coming back. Yeah. So the fact is, um, I mean, nowadays it's like, yeah, all right, go spend 1250 for it. You can get a rest. Doodly do. I mean, so really seeing as death does either give death its teeth back or else you know, make those more heinous saves because, but right now you could have, it's funny, you, you don't have either one, you know, oh, the spider bit me and it chafed me a little bit, you know, whoop de do you know, um, and even if you do die, it's like, well, it's going to rest, no big deal, you know, what, did you lose a point of calm permanently? No. Did you lose a level? No. In 3.5, you lost a level when you died. You actually fell back halfway through the previous level. So you, so let's, and we had that before. You might be on the cusp of leveling over, say, to fifth, mm-hmm. and die. Uh, uh-uh. uh. You go back all the way back down to halfway through third. Ugh. I mean, that's like you know. Now I'm not saying I missed that. Right. That's almost a now I'm quitting. Yeah. Death. Exactly. That's the kind of stuff where like 3.5. Like I was saying earlier about 3.5. It, you know, it was a real. Some of that stuff was a kick in the tank, you know. But anyway, don't miss that. Not a fan. So I'll say for me, lethality definitely adds to the enjoyment of the game. Agreed. But it doesn't have to. It doesn't have to be there in every game. Yeah. But for a game that I'm taking seriously, 
it has to be it has to be on the table. Yeah, I mean, there has to be a real serious threat. Otherwise, you're just and this is not a first edition's better than fifth no, because no, like no. we've said, you can run a really <laughs> deadly fifth edition. Oh, you absolutely can. So this is not an editions war. No. This is just I don't know. Kill your characters once in a while. Kill some characters once in a while. Yeah, when that's one thing and I'll I'll plug for DCC is if you lead in with people playing a funnel first, it seems like it'll kind of immure them where they're where they're not quite so like when like wow, you just killed three of my characters. Yep, this is a funnel. It's no big deal. I mean, and they'll kind of, so they'll get past that. Because I had a guy, I ran a funnel in Shreveport Bossier where when I killed that first zero, his head spun, eyes bugged out, mouth dropped open like, you killed my character. And I, was, I just giggled and said, you ain't seen nothing yet, you know. But to talk about kind of funnels and that sort of thing is when you get people that are like, the rules of death no longer apply. We, this character can, you know, what are you going to have your character do? Oh, I have him go jump in the lava. Your character would really go jump in the lava? Yeah. Well, there's another one right behind it, so why not? That's what I don't like. Well, but that was the other side I was going to say. Like, the other side of that is, but I want people to be engaged and interested in their characters. I want them to care if they live or die. But I don't want them to be like these stories you hear about the guy walks out of the room, gets in his car, drives away, and never comes back to that to game with that group anymore. And you're like, wait a minute, baby dog. You, you need to... It's just a game, you know. So I want that middle ground. I want you to be engaged with your character and care if they live or die, but don't have a nervous breakdown if your character dies, you know. Yep. So for you new players like Jackson out there that are still uh, excited to write that backstory for your new character and maybe folks out there I know write backstories for characters that they may never play, kind of like having the dice for that character that you may never play. If that's what interests you, do it. Enjoy it while you can because I can remember the days when I used to take the monster manual and fight monsters in the monster manual for my entertainment because I was so just so, Oh man, I can't wait till the next game. And I got to get my little gaming fix here and all that kind of stuff. But now as the old jaded gamer, I am, you don't start getting a backstory until you've got a couple of adventures under your belt. That's just me though. It's not like I'm not invested anymore, but I've gotten older and savvier. And now backstories seem to be a kiss of death. So, yeah, but I think that's a, just a, a, a perception thing. Uh, uh, but who knows? I know that I used to do the thousand point questionnaire for my right. characters, and I love that because I knew if there was a role playing circumstance put forward, it's not well. What does Matt want to do? No, I might go against what I would do. What's my character going to do? I remember one time when that we did that, and we either played those characters once or never. Yeah, sad to say. It, it happened, sadly. And I was really like, oh boy, I can't wait. I'm, there's yeah. so many hooks in here for the GM, and mm-hmm. I, I'm interested in this character now. But yeah. uh, Old and bitter we are. Yeah, yeah, yes indeed. I'm old and you're bitter. <laughs> well, I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, um, well, dear listener, what's your opinion? Why don't you sound off? If anything, you can always uh, reach us at noclassrpgpodcast at gmail.com or, of course, on Facebook. And with that, I can tell we're all out of hit points like a zero-level character. Ah. See ya. Bye.